Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Church Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people take their next step to move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridgechristian.com. Well, good morning. My name is Adam, and uh, most of you just know me as the new guy. And, uh, and I'm excited to be here, excited about the opportunity to stand up here and preach this morning. Um, I recommended that we just combine all three services so that I don't go late because I'm so excited about the opportunity, but apparently there are stupid ideas at this church. So we're just going to move through it rather quickly. Uh, today we're launching a brand new series, and it's a series called For Our Neighbors. And it's a series that we're all really excited about. It's based on a book called Life on Mission that we have for sale um, out in the Welcome Centers. We want to encourage you to pick that up because this series is one that we really believe is going to transform your lives as well as the level of impact this church is able to have on the community around it. Throughout this series, we're going to come back to a passage over and over and over again known as the Great Commission. I want to read that to you right here. It's in Matthew chapter 28. And it says, Then Jesus came to them, being the disciples, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." You see, what Jesus says to his disciples here is the very same thing I believe he would say to us if he were standing on this stage right now. Go and tell. Share what you know about Jesus with others. Help others to believe like you believe. That's called evangelism. And see, that's the job that Jesus has left with each and every one of us. It sounds so simple, but it's it's not always Let me tell you about my first experience with this. When I was in middle school, my church began a brand new program called Faith Training. And the idea with the program was to bring out people from the church to gather together in groups, to memorize a script so that we could go door to door and share Jesus with people. Now, I was in middle school. You would have to be absolutely crazy to join a program like that. So I signed up. And, uh, and they put me in a group with my youth minister, and, and, uh, and I spent a few weeks learning the, the, the um, script and, and learning how to talk to people, and, and I watched my youth minister do it as we went door to door, and then one particular day, he said, you're next. I said, next to do what? <laughs> I'll knock on the door. He said, no, 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 you're next to share Jesus with the people at this house. See, I panicked a little bit on the inside, and I remember two very important things. The first one was that they taught us to pray as we walked up to the door. The next one was just as important. If nobody was home during that night when we went to go make visits, then the youth minister would usually take us out to get Mexican food. So I combined those two things together, and I began to pray as I walked up to the door. I said, Dear Lord, please don't let anybody be home and bless this Mexican food. In Jesus' name I pray. Uh, Amen. You see, we all know that, that we're supposed to share our faith with others, but it's, it's scary. You know, it was scary for me as a kid, and oftentimes it's still scary for me as an adult. It's, it's hard to be effective with your teeth chattering, am I right? You see, I bet if we were to go up and down the rows in this place and ask how you feel about sharing your faith with others, many of you would say you feel exactly like I did. But see, the Bible paints a different picture of evangelism. It's a picture that's not scary or intimidating at all. 
As a matter of fact, it's, it's just a natural reaction to a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I want to look at what the Bible says. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open up to John chapter 4. That's where we're going to camp out today. Uh, Let me give you a little bit of background on the story as you get there. The story begins with Jesus on a long journey that has left him tired and thirsty. And so he stops at a well and he asks a woman there for a drink of water. Now the woman that he talks to is a Samaritan, which means she has a, a tainted and an incomplete view of God. Jesus has a long interaction with this woman, and through this interaction, he explains a couple really important things. The first thing he does is he explains her need for a Savior. Uh, Let's see what what he says in John chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Oh, snap, right? (laughs) That's not a conversation that you want to have with Jesus over a glass of water. But see, Jesus just met this woman, and he knows this woman. He knows her sin. He knows her secrets. He knows her choices. He knows her struggles. She later says that Jesus told her everything she ever did. Now, we know that's not completely true, but we can certainly understand how it must have felt that way. You see, this woman has just been called out by Jesus for the way she was living her life. I love how she responds in the next verse, verse 19. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. You see, she doesn't deny anything. She's caught. She's guilty. She's not living the life that she should be living, and she knows that. But now, on this particular occasion, she is confronted with her sin in the presence of a man who is obviously from God. Which brings us to the next thing Jesus explains. He explains who he is and what he has come to do. You see, the woman that Jesus is talking to believes that he's a prophet, but he's about to explain that he's actually so much more. Look with me in verse 25 and 26. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Surprise. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is the one who has come into the world to transform the world. Now, there's a lot we could talk about with this passage up to this point. There's so many good, deep, spiritual truths that we could walk away with. But what happens next is the part that I want us to focus on this morning because it sets the stage for the series that we're going to be diving through for the next month. This is what it says in verses 28 through 30. Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and they made their way toward him. You see, upon experiencing Jesus in her life, this woman immediately hops up. She leaves behind what she was currently working on and she goes to tell her neighbors about the experience that she has had with Jesus. Why? Because there is an urgency for evangelism immediately born in the heart of a person that comes to know Jesus. It's kind of like this. I enjoy staring at lightning. That's probably not something that you really want to hear on this particular week. But 
I enjoy looking at lightning. One of the things I want when I get older is I want to live in a place where I can sit on a porch and just look out and watch lightning off in the distance. I just think it's the coolest thing. On one particular occasion, I was at my house and I was looking through the glass door, the front of our house, watching lightning strike off in the distance. And I thought it was amazing. I was just enjoying it. This is better than TV. Until all of a sudden, the lightning hit the concrete right in front of my house. And it knocked out everything in my house. Everything that was connected to a power outlet, we had to replace over the coming weeks. But not only that, there was a rather loud sound. There was a big boom and there was a big flash of light. And in that particular moment, I didn't step back and think, I wonder how I'm going to respond to this. I wonder if I should walk away from this window. <laughs> I wonder if I should get away from this boom and this, this light. And in that moment, it was natural for me to understand that I immediately needed to hop away from that that was making this terrible sound. You see, that's what this woman did. She didn't have to be told to go and share Jesus with others. She just struck gold. She just came into an experience with the Savior of the world, and, and she naturally and immediately did what, what, what she needed to do, and that was to go and tell other people about the love of Jesus Christ. Verse 39 tells us why this is so important. It says that many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. You see, there is an urgency for evangelism immediately born in the heart of a person that comes to know Jesus. But that urgency, when God's people respond to it, will result in a transformed world. Let me ask you something. How many of you believe you live in a world that needs to be transformed today? Quite a few of us. We understand that. And, and as a church, that's our heartbeat. We want to see life transformation happen in this community and in this world. And, and we believe that should drive us as individual Christians. But that is also uh, the heart behind this series that we're diving into right now. And you see, I believe that if we take this story that we've just studied, I think there's a couple things that we can learn from it. And they're simple truths. There's nothing complicated here today. But if we apply these truths to our life, if we let them impact our hearts, then it's going to allow us to go out into the world and to create that kind of change. So let's talk about that. The first thing that we can learn is that God's messengers are ordinary. There was nothing special about this woman in our story. You see, she wasn't, she wasn't perfect. She wasn't able to quote scripture or to explain deep spiritual truths. She hadn't memorized a script. She didn't even know Jesus for very long. All this woman had was her story, her experience, and that was enough to change lives. The same is true of other people that God uses in the Bible. Let me share a few of them with you. Adam was a blame shifter. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Moses wasn't a great speaker. David concealed adultery with murder. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah ran from God. Samson was easily seduced by women. Rahab was a prostitute. Peter denied Christ. Paul murdered Christians. Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was too small. And Lazarus was dead. But get this, God used them. As ordinary as they were to transform the world around them. Let me ask you this. Whose world is God going to transform through you? 
You see, sometimes I think we wait for the church to program some kind of event or, or some kind of service that's going to allow us the opportunity to do evangelism. I think sometimes we sit back and, and we wait for somebody that's smarter or that understands the Bible better to step up and, and, and do the talking. But I need you to understand that you are the church. And you have everything that you could possibly need to go out into the world and let God use you to transform people's lives. There is nobody that is better positioned to show love and share Jesus with your coworkers and your friends and your classmates and your family than you. Look at what Jesus says to his followers in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive what? You will receive power. Let me tell you, I was, I was sitting down here. This is the first time I've preached, and so I was praying before I got up here. And, and I'll be honest, I was getting a little bit nervous. I was a little bit anxious. This is the first time I've preached here, and, and I could feel my nerves going a little bit. And I started to pray through my message, and, and I reached this point in the message, and I thought, you know what? God promises me that he's going to give me power when I do what he wants me to do, right? It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter if I mess up. It doesn't matter if I fall short because I've got the Holy Spirit living inside of me, and that spirit is going to give me power to do the things that God has called me to do. If you're a Christian, you have that same Holy Spirit living inside of you. And that Holy Spirit is going to empower you to go out into the world and do things that seem scary. And do things that seem difficult. And do things that seem impossible. And if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, it's going to allow you to transform lives in this world. You don't have to be scared. You just have to trust God. I heard a story recently about a man named Charles Blondin. I don't know if the whole story is true, but I really like this story, and I think it fits really well. Charles Blondin was a great circus performer, and his most notable act was stretching a steel cable all the way across Niagara Falls. And he would go out there with no safety net, even on windy days, and he would walk and run, even dance across this cable. On one particular occasion, he got a wheelbarrow and he filled it with bricks. And he actually took this wheelbarrow full of bricks all the way across this tightrope across the Niagara Falls. The people were cheering and they were screaming and they were hollering out his name. And he came back and he said, how many of you believe I can put a person in this wheelbarrow and carry it across this cable? Everybody screamed and they said, we believe you can do anything you set your mind to. He said, then which one of you is going to volunteer to go first? As quickly as all the hands went up in the air, they all fell right back down. You see, although they were willing to celebrate it at a distance, nobody was willing to volunteer to be a part of it. Let me ask you something. Do you believe that God can use ordinary people just like you to do extraordinary things? Then it's time to stop talking about it. It's time to stop singing about it. It's even time to stop celebrating it. It's time to volunteer to go out into the world, to get our hands dirty, and to make a difference where we live, work, and play. Which leads us to the next thing that I think we need to learn from this story, and that's that God's message is urgent. It can't wait. You know, we've already seen that in this woman, there was an urgency immediately after she experienced Jesus to go out into the world and to tell people what she had experienced. But there's more than that for us. 
You see, in the Bible that we have, there's 54 verses that talk about hell. Boy, he's getting preachy on his first sermon, isn't he? You better believe it, because there's 54 verses in the Bible that talk about hell. That's, that's more verses than talk about heaven. Why is that? Because I believe that God wants us to understand how urgent it is that we go out into the world and we tell people about Jesus. There was a great theologian named Carl F.H. Henry, and, and this is what he had to say. He said, the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. You see, guys, the tragedy is not hell. Let me say that again. The tragedy is not hell. The tragedy is that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that nobody has to go there. And not everybody knows that. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Peter 3.9. It says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. This is so important. The Bible says that God is lingering for the sake of the people who have never surrendered their life to him. He's lingering so that you and I can get out of this building and go out into the world and tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about one of the most spiritual conversations that I've ever had. I was at camp. I was the dean of a bunch of middle school students. There's about 100 middle school students there. I don't know where they were. I think they were playing with knives or fireworks or something. I, whatever. Um, I had a few minutes to myself, and I, I, I met with some of the staff, and I met with some of my volunteers, and we were just kind of sitting around talking. And as we were talking, we began to share what, what God was doing in our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's one particular girl that kind of sat off to the back, and she didn't say a whole lot. And so I finally looked at her, and I said, hey, you've listened to us pour our hearts out. What's, what's God doing in your life? She started crying. I mean, like sobbing, boo-hooing, crying. That happens sometimes when I talk to people. I don't know. But I told her, I said, you don't, you don't have to share. It's okay. I, I apologize. She said, no, no, I want to share. She said, for years, all throughout middle school, all throughout high school, I've, I felt like God wanted me to share my faith with people in my life. Specifically, she said, there's, there's three or four girls that I, I love and I care about, and, and I've known for a long time that God wants me to talk to them about his love and how much he loves them and wants to be in a relationship with them. She said, and I kept thinking, I've got time. I've got time. She said, I kept putting it off because I, I didn't think there was any hurry. She said, and now all of a sudden I've graduated high school and all those friends are moving across the country to another place and, and I'm going in a different direction. She said, and I don't know if I'm ever going to have an opportunity to share Jesus with my friends again. Man, I was so humbled by her brokenness. And I can't help but think, what if, what if you and I live out that burden in our day-to-day -day lives. I mean, what if we were to take just a, just a piece of her passion and allow it to, to change us so that we go out into the world and we do something bold today? I'll tell you what would happen. This church wouldn't be able to contain the lives that were being transformed in this community. Let me tell you something. This church has done an amazing job reaching people for Jesus. A few months ago, Mike called me and he said, I want to get lunch and talk to you about a job opportunity. I'd never met him before. And I said, well, I, I like lunch. So, 
uh, let's, let's go. But I, honestly, I, I don't know that I'm really interested in a, in a job opportunity right now. So I met with him and talked with him, and, and he invited me to come to a service, and I sat right back over here, and, and, uh, and, and I just watched all the things that God was doing in this place. You know, I met with some of the elders, and I, I began to, to hear their heart for sharing Jesus with lost people. And, and the staff, they had been praying and, and looking for opportunities to make this something that happens more and more in this community. And, and after seeing all the good things that were going on here, guys, I just I could not resist the opportunity to come and be a part of what God was doing in this church. But here's what I need you to understand. The job in front of us, is far bigger than the job behind us. You see, if you were to take the, the statistics that this book shares, this book shares that there's 195 million people in this country alone that don't go to church, that don't have a relationship with Jesus. This book says that in the 1950s that 15% of this country um, claimed to have absolutely no religious affiliation, no spiritual worldview at all. They said today that number is over 60%. Get this, in this community, in Baldwin County and all the surrounding counties, there's, there's little less than 140,000 people. Based on that statistic, there are over 80,000 people that are right around where we live, work, and play that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's only going to happen we lock arms, and we leave this place with a mission and say, I'm going to go change this world for Jesus. Let me tell you how we want you to get started with this. We're not going to ask you to take off and share Jesus with 80,000 people. If you want to, by all means, please go and do that. That's a big bite to chew. So instead, we're asking you to think about three. I want you to think about three people, just like the girl that I was talking to at camp, three people that, that God's putting on your heart. Three people that, that you care about, three people that you love, three people that you know need to experience Jesus in their life. We're going to ask you to spend some time praying throughout this series, praying for an opportunity to share Jesus with those people, looking for opportunities to invite them to church or to invite them into your home, to spend some time with them and share your story about what Jesus has done in your life. What we want you to do is we want you to write those names in two different places the first one is at the bottom of your outline. And the reason for this one is, is so that you can take that outline and you can put it somewhere where you're going to see it. We want you to be reminded every single day that these are the people that God has put on your heart. And you need to be praying for them and looking for an opportunity to share Jesus with them. The second place we want you to write those names is on those note cards found in your, in your program. Just write their first name. We don't have to have all their information. We don't need their social security number, or last names. We're not going to Facebook stalk anybody here. What we want you to do is just write their first name, fold it in half. And as you leave today, you're going to be able to drop those names in the baskets by each of the doors, even the front doors right over here. The reason we want you to do that is because we're not sending you out as a church and then saying, good luck. We hope you come back with some good stories. We're sending you out into the world and we're committing to praying for you to praying for these people, to praying for the opportunities that, that God presents opportunities to you so that you can share Jesus with those people in your life. And let me just go ahead and say this too to wrap up. There's a lot of people that are gonna be in this community for the next week. We've got a lot of new neighbors for the next week, don't we? 
There's a lot of people that are here. The hotels are full. The traffic is so bad. I feel like I'm in Atlanta again. But you know what? We've got an opportunity with those neighbors to share Christ's love and to share Jesus with them in a special way. I want to encourage you to look for an opportunity to do that this week. There's an urgency for evangelism that's immediately born in the heart of a person that comes to know Jesus. Do you feel that urgency? That urgency, when God's people respond to it, will result in a transformed world. I want to be a part of that transformation. How about you? In these next few moments, we're going to sing a song and we're going to talk about how good God is. We're going to proclaim it to Him. I want you to to spend some time thinking about how good he is in your life and how much you want to make him known in other people's lives. We're going to have some people up here at the front that would love to pray with you, spend some time with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we come before you with a heavy heart for the people in this community. Lord, it's overwhelming to think of 80,000 plus, over 80,000 people that, that don't have a relationship with you right around us, God. They're all around. They're, they're on our sports teams and they're at our, at our workplace and they're in our schools. And, and God, they're at the, the store and everywhere we go. God, I pray that you give us a, a heart and a passion for those people. God, give us opportunities in the next, next few days, in the next few weeks, God, to, to reach into their lives. And, and God, just to share our experience with you with those people. God, I pray that you give us the power that comes from the Holy Spirit so that we're not scared. We're not intimidated, God. We're, we're just going out and doing what you've called us to do. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you'd like to find out more about Northridge, visit our website at northridgechristian.com. If you'd like to stay connected throughout the week, download our Church Link app today for your iOS or Android device.